Hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast, episode 2. I have officially landed in Ecuador. I have... Wow, can you hear the rain? It's raining really heavy and it's even some thunderstorms. I've checked into the to the hostel that I'll be staying at for the next three nights. And it's even probably the same temperature as home in Bergen. It's really funny. I was expecting <laughs> I was expecting like uh warmer and sunnier. But it's okay. I feel like it fits the mood. I'm not complaining, I'm just observing. I think it's interesting. So yeah, my journey here was long. I flew from Bergen to Stavanger to London to Bogota in Colombia and then from there to Quito, Ecuador. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm in this village. So yeah, it's weird being here all alone on the other side of the world. And yeah, I really have the feeling that home is very, very far away. And the closest I can get to feeling home is talking in Norwegian, actually. When I talk to myself in Norwegian, that just, that feels like home somehow. So, I do that a bit. I, it's cool because I can talk Norwegian in public and no one will <laughs> understand what I'm saying. I, I usually do this prayer before I eat in Norwegian. But, and weirdly enough, I'm like embarrassed to do it in Norway because I don't want people to hear my my prayers because I think it's very intimate and personal. But when I was out eating today, I could just say my Norwegian prayer and yeah, just not worry that somebody was going to hear it, which is, you know, stupid. So what if someone hears it at home? But I feel like... Talking in Norwegian is like my safe space when I'm out traveling. It was funny, on on Flesland, the airport in Bergen, I met a friend who um, who I've been getting to know for just the last couple of weeks. And uh, we've been seeing a lot of each other for the last couple of weeks because we've been going to these to these ceremonies like full moon ceremony and equinox and we've just we met in met in uh at a concert in church and we've just been seeing each other quite a bit lately we just started talking and having these really really interesting chats and he's also going to south america this winter and i feel like so many people are traveling now uh from my from my soul family uh, home in bergen and that's it makes me really happy that we are all like in this together, even though we are alone in like different cities around the world. We're all doing it anyway. I was uh, chatting with him and telling him about me starting this podcast, and he was like, "Damn it, we should have just put on the microphones during this conversation because we had a really good, nice conversation." And I'd like to bring him on sometime. He's a uh, I'm such a fan of his uh, songwriting, actually, and he was going to Stavanger to record to record a song, and and uh, we have a lot of similar interests. So I'd like to bring people like him on in the future. Yeah, the walls are so thin here. I feel like can you hear the other people downstairs? 
as I can. Looking forward to having guests on here in the future, but anyway, this is me now. Way more monotone than in the first episode. I mean, just traveling so much is, is weird. It, it's a different feeling flying over the Atlantic Ocean at night. And just being so far up, there's clouds way underneath. And just big, bold, just big stars. <laughs> yeah, that's so... It gives me such a, like, a weird, like, mystical feeling. Some, some, some flights do that. I get very poetic in the air. And I think I had a, I had a theory about this and it's, when you see everything from like the bird's perspective, you can, you get a bigger perspective on, on everything when you literally have a visually bigger perspective on the world. You get it, or at least I do, I get it also on, on like everything else that I'm thinking about. So I write really well. Yeah, my, my poetry and my writing is really something else when I write from a plane, which I appreciate. It also makes me a bit, yeah, melancholic, I suppose. Which, there's a hint of that in me now as well, but I'm also just, I don't know, kind of flat and a bit self-conscious. Because the walls here are so thin and I feel like the other people here can hear me, but... And I, also, I heard this quote that for every person you worry about is going to see your work or your art or listen to your podcast or see your picture or whatever, it gets... what you're making gets 10% worse. So the clue is just to to make the art, do the podcast, take the picture, write the poetry for yourself. If I like worry that my mom is going to read my poetry or that friend of a friend that's kind of judgy but that I kind of look up to is going to listen to my podcast. If I think about that, my podcast is getting 10% worse for every person that I fear might judge me, which I think is very true. They have horseback riding here. And I really want to go horseback riding, but it's super expensive I can't, if I can't do it with somebody. So maybe I'll have to find some tourists and force them to go horseback riding with me. I love horses, man. I'm such a closet horse girl. Every time I ride horses, I just feel like a Zen master. Because I know they're so sensitive animals and so I use my breath a lot if I'm stressed out when I'm on the, uh, the horseback. I, I just breathe and I can feel me relaxing and the horse relaxing. And it's just such an intuitive, explorative, intimate, subtle thing to ride a horse. I love it so much. I, yeah, I had a really good experience riding a horse with... Uh, my mom's friend's daughter once, way back. I had a really good horseback riding experience. We were riding alone and she taught me so much. And it's like one of the best memories I have. So whenever I get the chance to ride horses, I do it. And... <laughs> but that, I kind of regretted that when I was... Or I don't know if I regretted it, but 
I have to be careful where I ride horses because they don't treat the horses very, they don't always treat the horses as they should everywhere. So when I was in Montenegro with now my ex-boyfriend, um, we rode horses. And that was a fucking adventure, man. He, my boyfriend at the time, he fell off the horse. And uh, while it was galloping, he had never ridden a horse before. And the, the guides there were just terrible. They didn't, barely said a word to us. And uh, the horses were skinny and they had some scars. And it was just, it was not good, I realized. And when he fell off and the guy just kind of laughed and didn't care, it could have been so dangerous. He was fine, though, but it was super scary when he fell off that horse. Uh, galloping and his shoe was like attached to the saddle and the horse was like dragging him while he, while he ran and I'm just so happy it was okay um, but I yeah both of their horses were like acting up and my theory is they didn't really have any it looked to me like they didn't respect the horses when when yeah when they were both the guide and my ex-boyfriend were like on the phone and doing other things while I was like whispering to my horse you know just really being there for him so that he was there for me and both of their horses were like acting up but mine did as I as he was told the entire trip and I might have just gotten a nice horse um, but I would like to see, I, I remember thinking after, I wish I, I wish I had changed horses with one of the other, just to see if it was me and my energy that made the horse act so well. But anyway, it was just, it was just, um, uh, it was a nice experience to, to master that. I'm not like a professional <laughs> horse rider. I never really did that, that much, but whenever I do, it's just really special to me, so... Yeah, I want to go horseback riding here. And I guess another another thing that I wanted to talk about in this podcast and that I actually talked about in the first episode, but I just cut it out because I just barely mentioned it, then it was really easy to like misunderstand and uh it's um it's the fact that I'm single now for the first time in like three and a half years. My my then boyfriend and I we broke it off, and it was, it was beautiful, actually it was very very nice and getting into that getting into that relation relationship, excuse me is the, it's one of the best things that ever happened to me, but getting out of it was also just. It felt so 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 right. And, of course, every breakup is painful. And it was. It was the day we broke up and the few days after, you know, I just purged the whole relationship out through tears. And it was just flowing out of my heart. My heart was just... All of the pressure in my heart, it, it I don't know, my heart expanded and was filled with air that just fell out of me through crying in tears and it felt just magical like my body had been waiting to release that because you know the 
I don't want to get too too detailed and personal on that relationship um, uh, on this podcast, but well, again, because I am imagining people listening to this that know me and my 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 ex boyfriend. But the truth is that we are. I think we're both very happy with the decision, and uh, we're still good friends, and uh, uh, we love each other, or at least I love him, and it feels so nice to just love him and not be in the relationship that really didn't work for us, and uh, we just realized a while back that we'd grown apart, we really grow in different directions when we had to have different interests, and yeah... I don't really like some of his interests and I don't think he he really resonates with mine either so it was just it was just right to to cut it off and the timing was divine as well we got that last vacation in Montenegro and he didn't die when he fell off the horse and it was beautiful and we got to take so many nice pictures and we had a really good time and he took such good care of me when I was sick there so he's just, he's the best fucking person, man. I really, really love him. And I also really, really love that we are not together anymore. So it's it's just, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just such a successful thing to me, honestly. I heard someone said the other day that uh, a successful relationship is not measured in how many years you've been together, but how much you've learned. And I can't even begin to explain how much I've learned. Not even just learned, but just grown and transformed. And now, yeah, it was just such divine timing because, um, as I talked about a bit in the first episode, I'm just... I've just gained a family and sisters and brothers. So when uh, when it was over, I, I was like not alone in the slightest. I actually had a, a dear sister who is also out traveling now, doing some important work. She, she, she stayed at my house uh, randomly. She just needed to, needed a couch to sleep on or actually I slept on the couch and she slept in my bed in my, my room because as I also said in the first episode, I don't, I, I can't sleep in my room because my sleeping demons are in there. I can't sleep there. So I've been sleeping on my couch for like the last two months, maybe. But anyway, she was actually living at my place the day we broke, we broke up, my ex-boyfriend and I, and I came home to her and she just opened the door to my place. I've been living alone for the last four years. So the fact that she was living with me at that time was just so wonderful. And yeah, she opened the door and she listened to me and she asked me what I needed and I needed her to just play the guitar for me and she has just the most magical voice and she plays the guitar so beautifully and ah, yeah, it was so nice. It was very nice. And then later I had uh, another of my dear sisters um, living at my place like the week before I left. She left the week before me to go to Italy and then she'll be going to South America. I'm meeting up with her in Mexico in December. But she lived at my place also like two weeks ago and I've just been so surrounded by by my family lately and I can just I can't imagine if we had broken up like a year ago 
Like maybe we even needed to break up a year ago, but I wouldn't be able to. But it would just be way more painful for me to have broken up earlier. Like I was so ready for it now. And also, also what I'm thinking with the divine timing is that it was like one month until I was leaving. And if one of my incentives for coming home after a few months was coming home to him and not being away from my boyfriend for too long. But I don't have to worry about that now so I can just stay now as long as I want to or as long as the money money reaches. So that's very nice that I'm so, so free and yet so, so supported and so, so loved. And I have so much love for him and my and my friends and family and mm. it's not raining now. I can hear birds chirping. <sighs> and there's a cow there's a calf outside my window. He's eating grass. He's white and brownish, a bit dirty. Big ears, big eyes. Oh, I want to go pet him. And some of my wants for this podcast has also been to present some some poetry or some art or some music, you know, either by me or the guests. I just wanted to also be a place of expression and inspiration. And since we are on the topic of my breakup with my, with my ex-boyfriend... And I probably won't talk very much about him in the future episodes, or maybe I will, who knows, but it's not really the plan. I just want to get it out right now. But anyway, I wrote this poem. I wrote this poem, like, one of the first days after the breakup, and I wanted to read it to you. The poem is called Sunflowers. And I hope you see the sunflowers and cry. Low September sun, sideways shining, drying, ripping you off the luscious center of the flower, forever falling frantically in fear of fall, grasping at nothingness, the empty air and regretting the separation, the letting go of love, longing and longing, but it's been too long. You'll small drop on the pavement, wailing of thirst in your city of sidewalks, Staying in your eternal season of cement. I sway in the breeze and fall to rest in soil soaked by fertile sobs. Closing my watery eyes in this year's cave. Buried, bleeding, yet brave. Collecting warmth in winter's womb. Only to boldly sprout in spring and rise a bird of sunflower petal wings. Firing through the sweet summer wind. Oh, and when you crawl, still in your fall, wailing of thirst and deprivation upon the hard city floor, shattering as you drag yourself by a garden store. I hope you remember, and it hurts even more. I hope you see the sunflowers and cry to your core. Sunflowers bloom this year too, and... I no longer wish you the city of blue. In a corner of my heart you lay, and from there I pray. I hope you still meditate, photograph and dedicate, prioritize and analyze your values with your wisest eyes. Just one advice. 
sure, be in your essence, but please give her your presence. It's all right if your mind strays and land on the sunflowers some days. Every autumn, I'll put them in a vase, thinking back to mornings at my place. May you be happy, we'd say. Do you still think metta is harder than the headless way? It took me some time to get to this day, but I hope you're okay. I'm just a bit dreamy, and yes, happy too. It actually feels nice to still love you. Like the petals soak the sun rays, it's not afraid to fall. The earth rebirths, I do recall. And this vibrant Van Gogh painting on my living room wall, it'll remind me of you for years. But I hope you too now see the sunflowers through smiling tears. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. That's been the journey. That's been the journey. And you know, because the two first verses of this poem is really this, I'm in this feeling of revenge and uh, not well-wishing and uh, anger and bitterness and wanting, wanting pain for the other person. And because I wrote about that unapologetically, that's the reason it's not like that anymore. That's the reason I'm not bitter anymore. That's the reason I can just feel love for him and want him to be happy and wanting to energetically hug him and wish him a long, prosperous life of joy and meaning. And because I because I didn't before and I made something out of it, I made art out of it so that it didn't have to live in me, it could just, I could just purge it out through words and go through that, let myself go through that and not feel guilty because it's, it's feelings and I, by denying those more nasty feelings in me by denying jealousy or by denying wishing pain on other people that's when it sets and starts living in my body and in my muscles and poisons my soul but if I can speak it, write it, sing it, dance it even definitely dance it then it was just a wave and I surfed it. I didn't whirl around in the wave forever like a whirlwind. What's that called when it's a whirlwind but in the water? Yeah, it's not like that. It's just wave after wave. Some hard, some easy. But they're all welcome here and... I don't know, that's, that's why... And that's how art can be so therapeutic and that's why art is so important. It's hard reading this poem out loud and posting it. I, uh, I don't think it's perfect. I think it's a bit fluffy. I think it's a lot of words. I think it's a bit cheesy. I think it's whatever. But it feels good to read it and it feels good to say it out loud because 
then there's not this feeling of cloudy resistance inside of me that I want to rip out and I don't know what it is and I'm like yeah resisting resistance is, resistance is such a, a feeling that I try to be aware of like what am I resisting these negative emotions oh no you can't resist those baby those have to be transmuted alchemized into something else because they don't go away they're just buried in my body and and you know we can't escape things like that they always come back to bite us so admitting the darkness and admitting the shadow aspects of ourselves through things like this it's just it's been so important to me and it continues to be so important to me because I, I see what it does to people that bypass these feelings and everything is love and light and happiness and joy and I'm just this joyous innocent person that's always happy and just want well for others like never gets jealous or never or any, or anything like that but those people are dangerous and I know some and also I've seen those tendencies in myself and I know them to be dangerous out of my own experience because yeah I thought I was better than I was or I thought I was like less damaged than what I was and I I did deny my my traumas once upon a time but <laughs> it only works for so long and then you have to grapple with it so again that's why art is so good to have along the way because you can do these mini purges throughout your life instead of meeting these huge crises 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 what's the word instead of meeting these huge crises crisis crisis what what what, what? I don't know. And yeah, I just I can't imagine that there are people that, that don't value art and go through life without creativity or or art because I don't know, it's just unimaginable unimaginable for me. I suppose they channel feelings through other methods like sports. I suppose you can do that through sports or football or I don't know, it's just a bit far-fetched for me. But I don't have the answers, do I? So anyway, that's what I have to say about that. Sorry if you hear people in the background. So yeah, that was episode two of my podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this personal, very low-key, just rambling about life lately rant. Take care, everyone, and I'll talk to you soon.